Has it started on your end? It says recording. There we go. Here we are. Uh, hey, friends. Uh, I have my friend with me, uh, Matthew. Uh, my name is Nathan, and uh, we have another video for you. This will be uploaded to our YouTube channels. But uh, yeah, I know Matthew. We go uh, all the way back to Towson University, and uh, he is just a blast. He is very smart, very talented. So I've loved to be able to hang out with him throughout the years. And well, recently it's been more phone calls, but because uh, we're uh, in different places. Uh, you're you're in Maryland right now, correct? Yes, sir. That is correct. I am living in the wonderful state of Maryland. <laughs> state of Maryland, a super cheap cost of living, all that good stuff. Um, What's that? <laughs> and, um, I, I live in Alabama, so right now uh, when we talk, it has to be through a video or phone call. But anyways, enough of that. We'll go. We're going to go ahead and get started. So Matthew's very talented, and he's very musically talented. And so I was like, you know what? Let's have a conversation on music in the church and wor worship. And Matthew was very gracious to accept that conversation. So here we are. Uh, so Matthew. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, <laughs> there it is. Uh, uh, as you guys know, uh, my name is Matthew. I am. Uh, I met Nathan through our uh, undergrad years at Towson University in Baltimore. Um, uh, I am the oldest of just two people. My brother and I, I am the eldest of eight grandkids on my mother's side of the family, and I am the third oldest of five grandkids on my daddy's side of the family. Uh, I am a first-generation college graduate. That's awesome. Three times over. Three times over. Uh, on both sides of the family, I, be I believe on both sides of the family. I'm not sure. But... Uh, I, I I went to community college first and received two associate degrees, um, not by choice. Okay, I just I went for one, and leading up to graduation, uh, the person that was working with me on graduation and stuff said, "Oh, you got a second one." I said, "What are you talking about? I only came here for one. I'm not trying to put out all that money." She said. A lot of your classes from this degree transferred over to this other degree, and you got two. I was like, oh, okay. So I got two. See, uh, see let me pause you right there. See, y'all, Matthew is so good. He picks up degrees that he's not even aware of. So, you know, that's just how <laughs> it works. But, but keep on going. So, hold on. I just got Our a call. must be silent. I'm all, yeah, I know. Oh, I, that got me good. Anyways, let's keep on going. So, uh, a community college. What's next? You know. Okay. So, real quickly, you know, you can um, if you go up to the bar up top and okay. you see the little the toggle um the toggle part is right by the uh, magnifying glass. You can click. There's this thing. You can click on it and it will drop down and show you all these things you can do. And there's a do not disturb button. You can push that. <gasps> Oh, I'm so technologically challenged. I appreciate that. Oh, hey, there we now, go. He also has he also has a brand new MacBook. <laughs> I just you see, I just you see I just what you see what I've been dealing with. <laughs> but you, back you, to you gotta help um, you. I appreciate you. You're welcome. So yeah, I got two associates. Then I transferred to Towson. Um I'm gonna make that story real short because I went, I wanted two majors and a minor, and I dropped my minor and made my second major a minor. So I graduated from Towson with a degree in religious studies and a minor in in uh, philosophy. But there are days I think I should have went and minored in education. Just saying. Oh well. Uh, and then I graduated. So I graduated from there in December, December nineteenth, two thousand. 19 eh. and then I went to Virginia Beach and did my master's at Regent University in Virginia Beach and literally uh, a month ago I graduated 
from Regent University on on Mother's Day, actually, uh, with a Master's in Divinity and a Concentration in Church and Ministry. All right, friends, did you hear that? Uh, Matthew has a Master of Divinity, and what that means is that Matthew can now answer every question you might ever have on any topic, okay? So- uh, That is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie, because <laughs> I knew. God can give me the strength and the wisdom too, yes, but me personally, no, because I'm not going to want to talk about that all day. It's <laughs> so all, all in here, friends. All in here. I'm going to be honest. There are going to be days I just want to watch TV. And most of the time, I just gonna want to be on Hulu and watch either The Golden Girls or um, watch CSI Miami. I do not want to talk about church stuff 24-7. <laughs> Those are, okay, CSI Miami, Golden Girls are very opposite direction. So I like that. That is they a... Are. They that are, is and right. I love it. That is yeah. right. <laughs> but yes, that is, that is me. So... Uh, uh, my background, I am, I'm a church baby, right? I am a church baby. I grew up in a Baptist church, but the Baptist church I grew up in uh, was, so they're associated with the Southern Baptists, but like they're not, they don't adhere to it, right? So, you know, the whole skirts below the knee and you can't wear makeup and all that that's not my church they tried to do that and they realized that that's not the people that they have and they don't like that and so they they don't they don't do that they, they really are a come as you are the only ones that really sort of adhere to it because they're older and that's just who they are and you know, they they branch out little by little, are the senior pastors, right? Um, they are free in the Lord, amen. So, you know, they, they tell everybody, you do not have to dress like us. This is just who we are. This is what we like to do, right? Uh, you know, um, like I said, I am a Baptist baby. I'm a Baptist baby with tattoos. <laughs> I know that's going to scare somebody. Oh, my God, you got tattoos. Yes, I got two of them, and I want some more. You know, my co-pastor got one. Some of the ministers that we have ordained in my church have some. Uh, and so we are we are a very much free Baptist church, right? Um, we are not O&A, which means open and affirming. We are not that. So um, no offense to anyone that gets, gets offended, but that's not who we are. Uh, we are we're a, we're a Bible church, so we we believe the hardcore Bible, <laughs> written uh, 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 and infallible, right? Um, but we have ministers that have tattoos. We have ministers that are women. Uh, we have we have women ministers in almost every aspect of ministry at our church. Um, and yeah, that's 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 where I came from. So, uh, that's awesome. So. Going to, I guess, the music side of that, what is your musical background? What is, would you say, your musical style that you like the so, most? All right. So, um, musical style, I grew up listening to gospel music. And so, for those that don't know what quote unquote gospel music is, that is like quote unquote the black version of CCM, which is contemporary Christian music. So I grew up listening to like in Maryland, we have those stations like 104.1, which is like the only black gospel station. So 104.1 is going to play you Yolanda Adams, C.C. Winans, Marvin Sapp, Fred Hammond Commission, Mississippi Mass Choir, Chicago Mass Choir, Donald Lawrence. Uh, it's it's going to play Mary Mary, Kiara shared the Clark Sisters. It's going to play... Um, uh, 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 Travis, uh, Travis, Travis Green, William McDowell, Tasha Cobbs, William Murphy, Todd Delaney, Todd Galvez, Smokey Norfolk, uh, Tamla Mann. Uh, uh, it, it's going to play that, right? Uh, Martha Munizzi, Wes Morgan, and um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Mary Alessi, right? So those are quote unquote gospel artists that appeal to quote unquote uh, 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 black consumers, 
or African American people. Um, there might be a sprinkle of white gospel artists in there, like right, like Wes Morgan, who's white, Martha McNeely, who's white, Mary Alessi, who's white, but they gravitated towards the sound of gospel music and Black people so quickly and enjoyed it that they incorporated it in their ministry, right? Um, but then I also grew up listening to white music. <laughs> I hate to say it like that. Uh, CCM music, the popish uh, uh, Christian music, uh, uh, Chris Tomlin, Matt Mahar, Carrie Joe, who is my all-time favorite, uh, Bethel Music, Jesus Culture, Hillsong, Passion, Mandisa, Newsboys, uh, Third Third Day, Michael W. Smith, Natalie Grant, who is also my all-time favorite, um, Cody Carnes, The Belonging Company, who I also love. Um, from the sound of it, you listen to about everything that's out there. You know, if it's there, you listen to it. Basically, yes, right? But then you also have, um, quote-unquote, I, I call it a genre. It's like that prophetic, spontaneous, soaking genre of music. And you have those, like, Missy, uh, um, uh, 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 what's the girl's name? Is it? I think it's Missy Edwards. Um, you know, who's part of that IHOP Casey's, you know, um, Jason Upton, Rick Pino, David Tint, you know, uh, 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 Julie Myers, those that are, are part of that soaking prophetic music that also uh, can't, that, that, you know, they, they can have a whole set and sing it and lead it all the way through and yet still go into prophetic music, right? So I, I grew up on on that sort of music right um but i didn't really get deep and involved in like ccm music until i did um <laughs> so you know i i went to a catholic high school graduated from catholic high school and i wanted to go to liberty university and so during my sophomore year we took a trip to lynchburg virginia and that's where I was immersed into what I call it white culture, <laughs> where I just saw different aspects of uh, worship music, Christianity, and people studying. I saw, you know, I, I was so used to being such a steady person. You know, I'm like, well, I'm in the midst of like a bunch of, of white people. Like they're going to be studying and they're just going to love the Lord. But when I went to class, some of them were just like, this is so boring. Oh, my gosh. Right. And I, and, and I met a, a, a student that took me around. She was, she was you know, I call her my sister now. But, you know, she took me around to all these classes that I wanted to see. She was like, I love you, but I'm not going to stay here because it's boring. You can come find me here at this place. Uh, and then we went, to, we went to convocation. So convocation at Liberty is this big thing. All the students... Uh, and then they have these little guest speakers, and or they'll have a guest artist from all you know all over the world, you know, coming and ministering and singing. And I was immersed in songs that I had never heard before. You know, I knew of Jesus Culture, and I knew of Carrie Joe, you know, the Revelation song, how we love it. But you know, at Liberty, they were singing songs I had never heard. I had never heard of a group called Passion until I went to Liberty. I was like, who is this? I ain't never heard of them before. I never really dove into Hillsong like that till I went to Liberty. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really care for um, uh, uh, the belonging company and stuff like that until I went to Liberty. And I was like, well, if I'm going to come here for school, I need to know this stuff so I can, I can, you know, connect with it, right? You didn't get to go to Liberty, right? But it introduced me to another form of, of music. And I'm, you know, grateful for it. <laughs> Got you. You were, you've been able to soak in a lot of different streams. And that, that leads me to my next question. Uh, so why should the everyday Christian care about music in the church why why should we care about music being excellent in the church why you know we, we got our sermon right that's all we need go home but why should we why should we care about music well, music one oh, so i'm giving i'm gonna give you two 
two answers, but it's 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 gonna still connect. So one, music is a way that connects us to how we feel, right? It's a way of how we express our emotions. It's a way of how we, you know, we can you know, music can set the mood. It can set a sultry mood, right? When you're trying to get it on with your lover, it can set, you know, um, an angry mood, a depressed mood, a happy mood. You know, music helps us with emotions, right? And so with church, it does the same thing, um, except it is now, it's it's not a, it's not a, it, how can I put it? It's not a me, me, me emotion. It's more of a praise and adulation motion unto God, right? You know, you're raising your, are you raising your hand? Or are you, are you agreeing with me? Well, a little bit of both, but like you said, it's kind of like a return <laughs> back to God. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So it, it's almost like a response oral, right? That, that's a, almost like a liturgical Catholic term. It's like a response oral, or, you know, a call and response where worship and, and praise in this point of, of music. Uh, uh, while, yes, we have worship leaders or a worship pastor with the worship praise team. While they're leading us in the worship, and we're singing along with them, whether it's a song we know or a song we don't know, you know, our response to them leading us into worship is to join along with them and to, in a way, go to, you know, our own little uh, 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 place where it's just Jesus and I, right? And so music helps us to connect, but it also sets the tone for... Um, for us to prepare to receive the word, right? You know, it. I I came from a church where that was the norm. You know, I came from a church where praise and worship tied into the sermon. Praise and worship went along with the sermon. It was a constant flow. And, you know, it was like, well, the praise team is singing this, and then this is what the pastor's preaching. Oh, now it all makes sense. Now it now it is uh, it's becoming more of just revelation to me. It it's like a light bulb moment, or as Oprah calls it, it's an aha moment. Like wow, that's why y'all sung this because this is what he's been teaching or she's been teaching on. And if it's a series, then you know it just it just continues. And so music, uh, uh, I, while it it helps the personal natural. Uh, a state. It also helps in 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 uh, the spiritual state, right? Because the Bible tells us that G, uh, 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 that uh, He, meaning God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost, uh, inhabits the praises of His people. It says that He steps down from glory to dwell in the midst of those who sing His praises, right? And we see that more than once in the Book of Acts, where Paul and Silas are locked in jail, and they're just like, "We're just gonna have a praise party." And they start singing. And what happens? All three of the Trinity step out of heaven into their situation. And everybody, all the jailers, including Paul and Silas, are set free. But then we see it again in the book of Chronicles, where, um, you know, after Solomon has, Solomon and all the Israelites have come finished making the temple and they dedicated the temple and they're praying. They're, they're not singing yet. They're just praying. And the Bible tells us that the glory of God in the form of, of, of fire came down. And from that, the Shekinah glory of God fell. And all that their response that they could do was just to sing. And the Bible tells us that uh, they didn't sing nothing elaborate. All they could sing is his mercy endures forever. Right? So those are two examples of of why music is important, right? Now, don't get me wrong, you have some churches that are just like, mm -mm, no music. Some are religious reasons, some are legalistic, some are just like, it just sounds too much, and I don't want it to take away from that moment, right? Uh, I know a pastor, I don't know a pastor, I heard of a pastor, let me rephrase that, who said that one day she was ministering, and the Lord was like, cut all that out. And she was like, what are you talking about? He was, and, you know, she said that the Lord was like, cut out music. Because right now it just sounds like garbage to me. And that's what she did, right? And when they had praise and worship, it was just her, 
or it, it was just her or it was just the deacon or the head deacon, right? And that is how, you know, they ushered into the presence of the Lord, right? They didn't have uh, instruments and, and strings and stuff like we do now. It was just them. And that's how they did it, right? Now, that's not to say that, you know, she wanted to, but she was listening to the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost said, cut it all out. Uh, but music does have a way of helping us, you know, uh, uh, connect to God, right? You know, um, yeah. And, uh, no, I love that. It's uh, it's kind of like our response to what God has done for us. And out of a grateful heart, we then return to him and offer him our best, right? And so um, you grew up, like you said, Baptist, and then you went to Regent University for your uh, Master of Divinity. So you have certain theological positions on a wide variety of topics. So how does your theology or how can how can your theology influence the music that you create in your church or the music that you choose for your church? So let's say, uh, Matthew, you know, I know your dream one day is to have a mega church, right? You know, that's just what you want to do. Um, he's rolling his eyes at me right now. But um, uh, so how does your theology you have with you influence the music that you would create for that church? Uh, hang on, let me look at this question again. Now, you take your time. It's okay. Um, the connection between theology and then uh, the music that you're looking for. We can also move on to the next question, if, if you would like to no, do. No, 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 it's okay. Okay. Um, how can theology inform and influence the music you create? Um, I think that that depends on your relationship with 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 God, right? You know, uh, not not to pick on them because I love them to pieces, right? But there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of heated uh, theological debates with Bethel and Hillsong, right? And a lot of them are like, well, their theology is wrong. I don't want to listen to their music, right? And they have that right. Because, hey, if the Spirit of God is telling you, do not listen to them, then you don't listen to them, right? You, you do what the Spirit of the Lord is telling you to do. Uh, and a lot of the times when I ask people, like, well, I don't understand how you're getting this, or, or this is what you, or, or this is your strength. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And, you know, they're talking about it, and a lot of times they're like, what, well, they're like, you know, I can, uh, um, I'll say, well, this doesn't make sense, because this is what the Bible says, and this is what they're talking about, and that doesn't make sense. And, or, like, you know, there's an, a, a, a lot of people like to take this and tear this up, where, um, you know, Bethel was very much a church that started off, you know, they, they literally saw the manifestation of miracles, signs, and wonders in the midst of their church service, right? They still do, but before it was heavy. Like there was a time, there was a rumor, right, that oh, gold dust fell out of the ceiling for like no reason. But like when the video shows it, they're ministering, and while they're while Bill is Bill Johnson, the senior pastor of Bethel, while he is ministering the word, the camera just happens to float up, and out of nowhere, there's no mystical cloud or anything. There literally is just sparkles of gold dust just falling out of the sky. There's no rip in the ceiling. There's no hole in the ceiling. It's literally just falling out of the sky, right? And and so, you know, those experiences, right, cause Bethel music to write about it, right? Now, don't get me wrong, they're not talking about, oh, gold dust is falling out the sky and we love the Lord. No, 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 no. They're talking about, you know what, God, I've seen you do miracles before, and you'll do it again, right? There's, there's a song that they have, um, one of my favorite songs that they, uh, they've sung. Um, uh, uh, it's it what introduced me to them. They have a song called One Thing Remains, you know, higher than the mountains that I face, but it overcomes by the power of, of, of the grave, you know. Um, there's this one thing that remains, right? Um that is a song that is is steeped in the word, 
theologically, if we're going to talk about it, it is steeped in the word, right? It, it is. There's no way you cannot pull out scripture from that song. They have other songs such as um, uh, what's another song I like by them? Y'all, y'all forgive me. I'm about to use my cell phone. <laughs> so I can check this um, we're just we're just talking. That's all we're doing. Um, yeah, and uh, I know, uh, yeah, Hillsong and Bethel people have various theological uh, quibbles with them. They, right? mm-hmm, and, like, but they, but they what you're saying is, like, even when it comes to, like, individual songs, they can be God-honoring and biblically consistent. And so am, am I hearing you say just look at the song itself if it glorifies God, like it's it's a good song? Right, so you know, yeah, but don't get me wrong. We have some. There are songs where you talk about me, but you turn it back to Jesus, right? And I think that's a lot of the reason why people don't like those two uh, music influences, right? And even the, and you know, now they're tying the elevation, like you brought the elevation and, and the Hillsong. They don't like them because they're like, well, this is me theology. This is not you theology. Whereas, like, it's not talking about God, and it's like, but. You could look at scripture, right? Scripture. Dave, we, we quote David because David wrote almost all of the Psalms, right? And David in those Psalms had me moments and was like, this is what I don't like. And this is what I don't like. And why is this happening to me? And God, why are you letting this happen to me? But then he turns it around and says, but because of it, I'm still going to worship you. Because of it, I'm still going to give you praise. Because of it, because I've gone through this and I see the hand of what you have done, now my enemies will fall to it, right? You know, so uh, I do think theology has a way of influencing, right? You know, um, one of my favorite songs uh by the uh, latest Elevation and Maverick City collab album, Old Church Basement, which is so much fun. Um, <laughs> there's a song that uh, says, you know, Jaira, you are enough for me. You know, the, the start goes, you know, I'm going through a storm, but I won't go down because um, I'm holding on to your hand in the middle of it. You know, you would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown, Right. Uh, while there's a lot of you and my words in the song, it's basically true. Jesus crossed an ocean while Peter was drowning and pulled him out. He went to sleep on a boat in the middle of a storm. And the disciples said, don't you care that we're about to die? Like, wake up, bro. Like, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I don't know if we can all swim. And he said, peace be still. Like, don't work. And you spoke to the storm in the waves. So for me, I can pull scripture out of all those songs, right? But then some people are like, right, and some people are like, but their preaching is not theologically sound. So then, because I, I used, it used to bother me. So I would just be like, well, let me just listen to this because this don't make no sense. And I would listen to their sermons. But because I was raised in a church, well, I got the word every day. I got the foundation every day. I got those pastors that would correct you in a moment, but would also say, it is not my job to feed you every Sunday. I feed you what I was given throughout my prayer time and Monday through Saturday. You are to chew on it and read the word for yourself so that you can be prepared to receive on Sunday. And so I would listen while I'm listening to these sermons, I'm feeding myself with the word. And so while I'm listening to these sermons from, you know, uh, Bethel and, and, and Hillsong, I'm like, well, this makes sense. This makes sense. Like, I don't, nothing, I don't, I don't, I don't feel nothing wrong. The spirit is not telling me this ain't it. Don't listen to them. I, I just, I, I know good theology and bad theology when I hear it, right? Uh, but I do think it has an influence in in our music, right? You know, uh, I, I I would say that the only difference, quote unquote. So, like, if we were going to talk about elevation, I would say that there's a complete difference to me. And like I said, there's no bashing for anyone of elevation. I love elevation. I would love to work with them. Let me just put that out there. 
but to me, <laughs> just me personally, listening to the music and then listening to Pastor Stephen Furtick preach, I feel like are two different playing fields. Because when I listen to Pastor Furtick preach, I sort of get lost. And, you know, that happens, right? But I sort of get lost. Like, I'll be listening to it. I'm ready to take notes because I'm a, I'm a scribe. I always have a pen and a paper. And I get the writing. And he go from point A down a rabbit hole to point B. And I'm still stuck on point A trying to figure out, well, how did you get here? But the music from Elevation is amazing. I can hear it. And like I said, pull scripture out of it immediately. But listening to Stephen Freddie preach is what loses me. So, yes, I do think theology has a strong should have a strong foundation in what we sing at church. Yeah, but I also think that you yourself, as a minister, whether you're on a platform or you just sing in front of a camera and post it on YouTube, you should you yourself should have a theological foundation for um, the music you sing and the music you want to create or the music you listen to. I, I like Sorry, that. I know that was a long rant. No, no. What I'm hearing is whenever you come to a song or a sermon, you need to have a good foundation in the word and you need to be listening through the spirit and letting those guide because they're going to guide together. And so when it comes to Elevation and Hillsong, like uh, look through it, study it, listen to it. Um, and just uh, does this glorify God? Is it scripturally based? Is there any movings and stirrings in my spirit against it? And uh, yeah, I guess sometimes as Christians, we can be so reactionary. We hear a rumor. It's like, OK, burn it down. Get rid of it get out it's like and we just need to mm -hmm. evaluate i'm thinking this case by case basis is what i'm hearing so this leads us into our next question how do we keep worship fresh so if you listen to the radio eventually it plays the same five songs over and over again and we don't want mm -hmm. to do in the church we want to keep worship fresh and uh, just sing, sing to the lord a new song uh how do you go about doing that just uh, keeping things uh, you know, new and exciting, however you want to phrase that? Uh, I dealt with that myself. Uh, just thinking about it, before I became a worship leader, um, I I would just enjoy singing the news, singing the same songs on the radio. You know, I'd be like, oh, this is my song. I would turn the radio all the way up while my mama is driving, and I would just jam out to it and sing. I'd probably sing all the words wrong, but I would sing it. Cause I love it, right? Um, and you know, coming from a church where they sung new stuff, but they also sung some old stuff, right? Uh, I enjoyed it, right? It was fresh to me. Um, I I didn't really have that challenge until I went to Virginia Beach, and Virginia Beach is very much quote unquote white evangelical. Um, there might be a few black churches there might be a few uh lutheran baptist catholic churches there but majority of the population if we're talking about christian population in a diagram it is white evangelical you might find a, a sprinkle of black evangelical down there but you know majority of it is white evangelical and the very first church i went to was a baptist church and it was it was a southern baptist church um but they allow women to wear pants and lead worship and teach Sunday school and all that. Um, but they sung the same stuff every Sunday. So like it wasn't something new every Sunday. It was literally, they would sing uh, Bethel music, Hill song, Bethel music, Chris Tomlin, and a song from Vertical Church one Sunday. A week go by, that next Sunday, it would be the exact same playlist that they sung last week. And they did that constantly, and it annoyed me. And it irritated me, and I left, right? I left for some other reasons, but I just left. And so then I eventually, the Lord led me to a different church uh, where it was what I was quote-unquote familiar with, <clears throat> atmosphere and everything. But then that got on my nerves. Why? Because the pastor... We didn't really sing a lot of new stuff either. And he just wanted to sing this one artist 
every single Sunday. Every Sunday. And it bothered me. And I was like, there is more stuff out here to sing. There is fresh new stuff out here to sing. He was like, I don't care about that. I don't want to sing that. I don't care about this artist. I don't care about that artist. We're going to sing this. And I had to get used to it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I would constantly pray to God, like, you need to help me with this. Because this ain't working. Right? And I would just get up and I would just sing it. Um, but I also, I remember to stay with in the context, you know, I remember I was listening to a live broadcast from Kim Walker and she was talking to Carrie Job, And I think she had asked the same question, like, well, how do you keep it fresh, you know, with the same song? She said, you know what? She said, I used to be irritated with it. She said, but I remember reading in the Book of Lamentations where it says, uh, his mercies are new every morning, right? His mercies are new every morning, she said. So that means if I got to wake up and sing the same song again for a concert or a ministry event on Friday that I just did on Thursday, she said, I will do it with a freshness to know that God has given me a new mercy to sing it, to minister to somebody else, right? And so that's how I look at it. Like, you know, I, I approach it with newness. Wow, it might be the same chord progression, the same lyrics, the same this, that, and the third. It's going to minister to somebody else. It might be somebody's favorite song. It might be a song they ain't never heard before. But it is, it is a, 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 um, it's a song that is fresh to somebody else and is ministering to the, the heart and the soul. Um, I like what you're saying. What, what I'm hearing is... Uh, it's our spirit that we have to factor in that even if the lyrics are the same and the artists are the same, we can come with a fresh heart of worship every day and we can bring some of that freshness ourselves. So I guess not all of the pressure is on the music director. Is that, is that what you're saying a little bit? Um, you can say can that if you want. <laughs> Uh, you you can say that if you want, but um, I think I I I think you know our approach to it. If I if I not if I did not hear you correctly, you can just tell me, hey Nathan, that was silly. No, let me correct you. So you go ahead. <laughs> well, what are, what are you actually? Because I took it the wrong way. I thought it was the people can like have a fresh heart of worship, but that's not what you meant. Can you clarify for me to help me out? So okay, so no, no, no. Yes, that's that that's that's it. You know, in order to keep theology and the influence fresh, you know, you you need to approach it with the with with fresh new eyes and and like you said, a, a heart of of gratitude and freshness, right? Um, because who knows? God might, and, and you know, I also, so that's the thing, I dealt with that at Regent, right? You you would think, what, Regent? Yes, I dealt with that at Regent. You know, it was a, it's, Regent is a PWI, predominantly white institution. And all they, all they ever sung was Chris Tomlin, Hillsong, Elevation, and Bethel, right? And, and and there were kids up there singing in songs that grew up Baptist and grew up all you know all the different denominations. But they were like they they sung the same songs every Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday was chapel. Thursday was unchapel. Unchapel was is student led. There aren't really no quote unquote rules or regulations with that. Uh, but they like if they sung something on Wednesday, they sung the same thing Thursday. And I remember talking to those who were on the praise team who said that while the leader, the, the director, you know, grew up, blah, 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 she's adhering to the, the, uh, the board of directors on what they want to be sung, right? And so uh, I, I would always ask God, like, help me with this because this is irritating me. Like, I grew up listening to all of it, and this is, like, the same... 100 songs that they keep singing every day. Yeah, I don't sense. like it. Right? You know, and I had to I had to really, really uh, uh, ask the Lord to help me. Because even then, outside of that, they kept for like the past two semesters, 
in almost a whole year, the school ministry kept constantly talking about the love of God and the love of the Holy Ghost, right? But they never really talked about the Holy Spirit. They never really talked about correction and how correction is a good thing and um, correction is something that will help you be a better person. They already talked about how, you know what, um, as you get older, you'll deal with finances and this is how you do X, Y, and Z. And so that also irritated me. Why? Because again, I grew up in a church where we got all of it, right? Music and ministry, we got all of it. And coming to a school that really just babified everything and pacified everything, you know, my heart was irritated and sad for these kids because it's like, well, you're about to go into the real world now and you don't have a fresh look on stuff because in all honesty, you could talk about Jesus if you want to, but you could easily get fired. You could talk about the love of God if you want to, but you could be disciplined, right? Because a lot of places, a lot of jobs, they're not going to want to hear anything about Jesus. So I had to really ask God to really, really open my eyes and help me, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, half of the time, I did not want to be there because it was the same prophetic words, quote unquote. It was the same words of encouragement. It was the same sermons about Jesus loves us. Um, or, or it was the delivery that I just didn't like. It was, it's the same pacified baby delivery to college students. So I really had to ask God, like, give me fresh perspective on this because this is this is bothering me. Yeah, well, <laughs> biblically is uh, you're getting a lot of milk. You were ready for some meat. You were ready for some hard, you know, just just good, solid, rich stuff, and you weren't getting that. Um, speaking of, uh, I guess, different styles, right? Uh, in the 2000s, it was a major cultural Christian conversation, the style wars. You had traditional hymns, you had contemporary CCM. Now you can add modern, you can think of like Elevation, Hillsong, Bethel. What are your thoughts on the style wars? Like, where do you fall in that? What are your thoughts on the different styles available to you? Did you, I know you grew up with a gospel background. Was there style wars in that area or not really? Like, I'm just kind of throwing all that at you. Do with that what you want. Um, I don't think I ever really paid attention to it. I grew up in 1996, right? So four years later, my baby brother was born. And I didn't really know much about that. And I probably still don't. Um, I just know it's music. <laughs> I just know it's worship music. Um, it, it's praise music, right? Um, but I think, I think, from what I've heard, um, the industry of Christian music has made it a style war of something. If you're not singing, if it's not, lovey-dovey, good, good father, which I'm not knocking, I love that song. If it's not that song, you're not relevant. If it's not uh, the Ocean. song Forever, if it's not Oceans, forget about it. If it's not Forever by Bethel Music, forget about it, right? But And that's just CCM music, because in the gospel music, like, you almost don't touch it, right? But the gospel industry... I feel like it was almost a style where it was just like, you're going to sing through your problems, you sing through your problems, you you describe it. This is what happened. This is how it happened. This is what did the da da But this is how I got over it. This is what happened. This is how the Lord rescued me, right? But then there are also, there's this one gospel artist where, so that was like the, what I just described sort of, is like, was the, the way you sung gospel music. Right, quote unquote. Then there was a one gospel artist. I'm not gonna put his name out there, but he used to sing music. But he just like he described the situation. He kept describing the situation, and he never brought you out. He like he never in the song provided the way of escape. Right? He never did that. Where and a lot of people liked his music, and I was like, I don't know how y'all can like this. This mm. does not. This does not help you, you know, this does not give you literate writing hood delivered out of the forest method. This is 
Hansel and Gretel, we just found a, a, a cottage and now we're trapped. And we might be eating a live message in a way, right? Mm. And people liked it. I was just like, that's not it. But then, you know, you had people, you know, you had people like Richard Smallwood, Donald, like I said, Richard Smallwood, Donald Lawrence, Eddie James, uh, who who sort of reinvented that, right? And began to really put more of the word into the music. But the, and then came along William Murphy, Shekinah Glory, Tasha Cobbs, William McDowell, uh, 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 Travis Green, who was like, oh, we're going to sing that, but we're going to do more than that. Because William McDowell, Tasha Cobbs, and William Murphy are more like, you know what, we're going to sing. And as we're singing, our song is going to shift some things, it's going to kill somebody, it's going to cause someone in a whole nother country to do X, Y, and Z and give their life to Christ, right? Oh, and, 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 and so now that, that's sort of uh, where music is at now, right? I feel like in the gospel community, if it's like, if you're not singing Tasha, Travis, William Murphy, William McDowell, Jonathan McReynolds, if you're not singing that, um, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I, I sort of guess there is, right? Like, you know, but you also, like I said, you got artists like Karen Clark Shear, Kiara Shear, and May May. And, you know, uh, uh, Erica Campbell and Tina Campbell are sisters who created the group Mary Mary. And Erica described it one day and she said, you know, she said, we were pressured. My mother told me the story, so I'm just relating it. She said, we were pressured at one point on one of our albums to go a whole different route. And we did. She said, and it sold. She said, it did pretty well. She said, but it wasn't who we were. It wasn't our, you know, funky, edgy, we still going to give God praise and worship type feel. She said, people bought it, it sold, but it didn't sell as great as our last album. She said, and we went back to them and said, we will not do this again. As you can see from the charts, this did not sell as great as you thought. And so we want to do our own thing with our music, right? And so, you know, they almost had to almost war in a way because it was like, you know, people, when, when they came out on the scene with that funky, edgy, you know, um, gospel music like Shackles and funky, edgy, you know, rendition of Walter Hawkins, thank you, right? It was phenomenal and people love it. And years later, people are still playing their music. People are still... Um, listening to their music, they are still bumping and dancing to it, right? I am 26 years old, and I can, you know, I love worship music. I I love praise music, right? But there might be a time where I'm like, I don't want to hear that, and I will straight turn on Mary Mary and just be like, oh, yeah, mm, 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 right? And um, while some people might, and I think, but I think that quote-unquote style war also comes is 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 like again heavily steeped in theology and some people are like that is not theologically sound that is not based on scripture or that is too worldly right but theologically again with style um it doesn't to me it doesn't matter what it sounds like does it minister to the person so you're going to have the religious legalistic that's like, I don't want to hear that. I don't care about that. Nah, 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 nah. But is it ministering to somebody? Does it minister? To, at the end of the day, does it minister to me? At the end of the day, does it minister to the youth? Because the youth aren't just aren't going to always want to listen to Bethel music and heal song in, in, in Jesus culture and elevation. They're going to want to hear Kirk Franklin. They're going to want to hear uh, uh, Mary Mary and the Clark sisters. They're going to want to hear it all. I don't want to just hear, you know, um, I am thine, O Lord, for you have heard my voice. They don't want to just hear that. They want to hear different styles. And theologically, yes, it has to be theologically sounded, but they also just, sometimes they just want to listen to it and just feel good. Oh, yeah. And uh, I I like that. Uh, Does it glorify God? Does it minister? Does it, uh, like you said, 
uplift us, lift our eyes up to see who God is. And so I, I like that. Um, we're going to go to uh, the lightning round now. And I think uh, the lightning round, the whole point of this, and I've started doing this recently, is to help people get to know you better. So uh, this just brings out the personality and just little quirks that we have. And so here's some random, uh, yes. Wait, did we answer number nine already? And I didn't know it. What happened is <laughs> for our viewers, I asked about, uh, you know, for Matthew to talk about common mistakes that are made. And we can go ahead and cover that. But my thoughts were, were that throughout our answers today, you kind of talked about common mistakes, people being boring, people not being spirit led. Do you want to do you want that question to be asked? Or do you think that you kind of answered that through the other questions? I didn't know we did. But if I were to add something to it, I think some of the common mistakes um, is that I think a lot of people are are too quote unquote legalistic. I think that means that they are like this isn't theologically sound, right? Like this doesn't match up with scripture. You know, I think that's why a lot of people don't sing Hillsong, right? But like for me, because of, one, I'm a Bible baby, and two, um, I just love music. There was a sound. There was a time where. Um, I remember this clearly. It was on Facebook. Someone said something about Hillsong. They doubt. They they straight killed them. And I responded and was like, "Well, wait. What about the song? So will I?" I said, "I can automatically pull out at least three different scriptures from this song." I said, "I can actually pull out a lot of scriptures from that album, right?" And it put me on a journey. I would listen to Hillsong and say, "Hmm." I hear this scripture, like, so that's the crazy thing about me. When someone says something weird to me, and I, like, I listen to, um, so I'm going, I'm giving him a shout out. <laughs> he doesn't know me from a can of paint, but I listen to his podcast every now and then. He has a podcast, there's this dude, I don't know his real name, but he goes by the podcast name Biblical Reformer. And there's a part on his podcast, I think like episode 180 something, where he destroys the Elevation Maverick City album and says there's nothing biblical about it. He destroys it and all that stuff. And so I'm listening to it and I'm just like, the first song, you know what? I would give it to them because, you know, there's nothing biblical about it, but it's a fun song. The second song um, distinctly talks about the name of God. His name is Jehovah Jireh, right? You can find that in the book of Genesis, right? He is the God that provides. Uh, and, you know, I went, I went through every song. Yeah, <laughs> I went through every song. The song Miracles, I was like, this might not have a biblical content to it, but if you think about it, someone out here is alive because they're a miracle. They should be dead. I should be dead. I'm a babe. I was born a pound and eight ounces. I should be dead, but I'm alive. I like that song, right? So I, I I went through that, right? And I think a lot of quote unquote misconceptions is that a lot of people are like it's not biblically sound, it's not biblically, you know, accurate. But then my my thing is like I'm it's it's not even towards the church or the worship leader because the worship leader is going to sing it regardless. They're going to sing it regardless unless the pastor says don't sing this no more. My uh, 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 quote unquote a lecture as I'm doing this is towards those that are just so quote-unquote legalistic about songs because here's the thing while you yourself if, if like I said if the spirit of the Lord says do not sing this no more okay you don't do it but the church you go to unless the spirit of God says leave that church you don't leave so here's the thing while you might not sing it no more you might change the uh radio station when that song comes on if the church and the congregation is singing it and they're worshiping and they know you know what god this is not about me while i love the lyrics and i'm singing it i'm singing it to you if they're singing it what are you gonna do just sit there and fold your arms while they sing and worship because now you're disrupting the flow you're missing out on what god is about to do in your life you're missing out on how God might come in and sweep the room, and there might be a moment where everybody, the pastor, don't even get up and preach, and they just sitting on the floor worshiping 
and a pool of tears. You might miss that because you're just like, I don't like that song. That song is not biblical sound. That song is all about me, 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 me. It ain't talking about Jesus. No. That, 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 that's where that misconception comes. Because everybody else, they're going to be free. They're going to sing. I know somebody, you know, they recently got married. They married somebody that I personally, um, from a distance, spiritually, did not think was appropriate for them. Um, and I just, for me, I saw they, they completely changed from being uh, a free-flowing person to being very much like, this song is not biblically accurate. I can't believe I used to listen to them. Oh my God, they are leading people astray. And they're more into like John Piper and they're into John McArthur and, and, and all this stuff, right? And they and know all that, right? And, and so uh, she's now, they are now, more of I don't listen to this, I don't listen to that. If it's not talking about the word, if it's if the song is not uh, talking about the the blood of Jesus, I don't want to hear it, right? And so I never talked to her about it, but I'm always thinking to myself, well, the church you go to, because you know, if you, what if this new place you go to, they sing those songs? Are you just going to just, are you just going to not worship? Are you just gonna not sing? Right, right, you know? And so to those, this is just me talking now, to those that are very quote unquote pharisaical, statistical, legalistic theologians of music, and you might not have a degree in theology or divinity or religious studies, but you are like, I don't sing that because X, Y, and Z. I need you to really rethink. Don't get me wrong. Yes, should it line up with the word? Yes, it should. But not all not all songs are going to do that. But I need you to hang on. I I need you to not be so legalistic that you miss out on what God will do or could do. Yeah. Even if it's a song that you don't like them singing, right? There are songs that I don't like, I will still sing them. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a worship leader no more, right? Because I left Regent, I graduated, I'm now back at home. I don't have a position. I am not a worship leader no more. But when I was a worship leader, like I said, we would sing this particular artist every single day. Hated it, but I still sung it. And I I gave it, I gave it my all because I did not want to miss out on what God was going to do. And so, yeah. For those that are legalistic, just like I said, if, if unless the Lord says leave that church, you leave it. Unless the Lord says don't listen to this music no more, then, then you know don't listen to it no more. But don't don't be so legalistic that you miss out on an awesome experience in praise and worship. Sorry. <laughs> I can I don't, can don't tell that, that that was uh, weighing on your heart. I think. Uh, there, even if something offends your conscience, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to then ruin it for everyone else. Maybe, like you said, you can turn off the radio. Maybe you can, you know, spend a little bit of time in prayer and wait for the next song. But then don't let your offended conscience turn into a bunch of rules and regulations for everyone else. So I think I think you said that very well. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll move now. Now we'll move into the lightning round and just quick questions that uh, let people get to know you a little bit more, Matthew. Um, you ready? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite dessert? Ooh, I got two of them. Uh, my first one is banana pudding. It's because I know how to make it and my mama taught me and it's amazing, it's delicious, it is it's heaven on earth. It is heaven on earth. Okay. It's amazing. And then my second one, outside of outside of chocolate cake, because chocolate cake's amazing. Outside of chocolate cake, it is cheesecake. Love I can make cheesecake. It's just real easy and simple, right? It's just amazing. But I just love cheesecake. If I could, I would own a cheesecake factory 
because cheesecake is amazing. Uh, those are my favorite two desserts. If you mess up banana, now this thing, banana pudding is like the second closest thing to God in my house, right? Okay. I know that's a lot. <laughs> you like your banana pudding? That's okay. No, no, you, you don't understand. You don't understand. It like my mama only makes it for like birthdays and holidays, right? My uncles, I got two, I got three uncles on my mama's side. A great uncle and then the one she grew up with. If they are banana pudding connoisseurs, if they don't taste right, they will not eat it. My aunt who married my uncle, who does not like banana pudding, she don't like the consistency of it. She's like, I don't care. If you mess over my husband's banana pudding, we fight him. That's how bad it is, right? And so my brother and I know how to make it. And we make it really well. When we eat something that's not real banana pudding, we we look at it like it's like this belongs on the street with, with somebody that's homeless. That's how we look at banana pudding. When it's made with fake, when it's made with fake jello pudding, ugh. Like we're mad at it. My uncle on my mama's side, who her great uncle, my great great uncle, mm-mm. He he won't touch it. He used to be bad and used to be like, get this out of my face. No, he just, he don't touch it. If 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 my mama don't make it, he don't want it. That's how bad it is. We uh, love banana pudding. It's like one of the best things ever. <laughs> if, if, if you know what you want, go go get what you want, you know? All right. Yeah. Would, would you rather fight off a hundred duck-sized horses... So really small horses or one horse-sized duck. So one really large duck. What would you pick to fight? Okay, so when I saw this question, it confused me. And I was like, neither, because they're both big. <laughs> but you're saying small size. No. Mm-mm. 100 went, small horses. I still wouldn't want to fight the horse-sized, the duck-sized horses. Because them ducks. Them ducks are ruthless, okay? Them ducks are ruthless. I neither. I'm good. I don't want to fight none of them. <laughs> okay. All right. Finish the no. sentence. I would love to vacation in. Right now, I would love to either vacation in Miami, Florida, or uh, California. Or California. Right yeah. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Quick answer. Uh, um, in 10 years, what's today? 2022. So 10 years would be 2032. I would love to live on my own, be a recording artist, uh, and a pastor. And a pastor. And, okay. And um, still be an actor. There we go. Man, a man of many talents. All right. So what is a hobby that you would like to get into that you're not into right now? Oh, I don't know. I'm already into a hobby like right now. I'm already into one. But to be in a hobby that I'm not into, I don't know. Okay. That's a question that's But like, I can show you the stuff I'm into. Can I do that? Sure. Well, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh. Hang on, y'all. So I started getting into tie-dyeing. And so I created some tie-dyes. Jesus. Oh, that's so cool. So this is the this is one. What? And this is with ice. So I I tie dyed it and um just put ice on it and this is the second one. Wow. And I got some yeah. more. Those those are different. These were made with ice. The other two were just made with with um powder, but I didn't ice it. So but they they also came out nice. So that's what I'm into. I'm into tie dye and. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So if I wanted to do something, I thought about, I don't know if modeling is a hobby, 
but I thought about doing that and doing like Mr. Pageant. They have one. Uh, I thought about it. I thought about it. That's probably okay. something I wouldn't mind doing because um, I actually wouldn't mind being a model. Hey, there we go. You got got a good sense of fashion. You'd be you'd be good at it. Um, well, all right, Matthew, I really appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me and talking about all these things. And uh, we're going to put these up on our YouTube channels for you, the list, uh, I guess, the watcher to enjoy. And so, uh, Matthew, thanks for uh, coming on today. You are welcome, Mr. Nathaniel Spencer Williams. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Yes, I know your middle name. Why? Because you graduated from Beeston School of Divinity in Alabama, and they called your name out, and I was like, I'm going to remember that. So, y'all, yes, your host, Nathaniel Williams, his middle name is Spencer. (laughs) That's the big reveal for today. I I don't, yeah, a lot of of people don't know, I guess. Um, They do now. (laughs) But thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, you can contact me on Instagram at the story of Matt Williams. That is my Instagram. Um, the funny thing is, Nathan is also allowing me to use this audio and visual for my own podcast as well, which is called uh, the Winning Season Podcast. Um, so you guys will get to listen to both of it if you want uh, on both YouTubes. Yeah, on both our YouTube and his YouTube channel. Um, so that's going to be fun and exciting. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I realize I may have made a mistake. Uh, are you uploading this on your podcast and YouTube channel? I can't remember. Was it both? Yes. Okay, it'll be both. Yes. So, yeah, my fault. I kept saying only YouTube channel, but y'all also check out Matthew's podcast as well, and you can see it there. But anyways, friends, Matthew, it's been a great time. And, uh, yeah, these are good things to talk about because we glorify and we worship the Lord through our music, and uh, we want to do that in an excellent way. But anyways, friends, that's all for today. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep coming out with uh, more videos.